Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down the divisional matchups, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, We have an exciting weekend of football ahead. Uh, We have nothing but football going forward the next three or four weeks, nothing but exciting matchups. So let's jump into our picks for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of the prior week's picks, and it was not a good one. I'll preface this by saying I told you guys I loved the Jaguars. The Jaguars were my favorite pick of the entire weekend, and let me tell you, that that did not look very good in the first quarter when Trevor Lawrence had his third or fourth interception. Uh, I was melting down. Uh, I, myself, was all over the Jaguars, 11 which ways, uh, and seeing them go down in that game, unbelievable. The way in which that game ultimately unfolded with Trevor Lawrence leading that team all the way back was unbelievable. Uh, I told you guys all year that I was excited to bet against this Chargers team come uh, the NFL playoffs, come weekend one of the NFL playoffs to bet against Brandon Staley. And boy, did Brandon Staley deliver, man. That was an all-time choke job by the Chargers. Jaguars ultimately come back and win that game in the final seconds on that final second field goal. It almost felt surreal uh, where it didn't really click in my head that my Jaguars pick was going to cover until uh, the field goal was actually through the uprights maybe it was because Al Michaels was announcing that game like he was asleep he was just completely uh, going through the motions there didn't raise his voice once even as the Jaguars completed one of the all-time NFL playoff comebacks but whatever we live and we learn and the Jaguars live to fight another day that was our big pick of the week then I gave you guys the Seahawks and wow the Seahawks got smoked they were leading that game at halftime which sounds unbelievable given how the second half unfolded but they just could not keep up with this 49ers offense At this point, I'm done hating on Brock Purdy, uh, questioning Brock Purdy. He has shown that he's capable of getting the job done at a high level. And until he turns into a pumpkin, I'm going to feel very unsafe, not feel great about betting against him. But for now, RIP to my princes, the Seahawks, uh, RIP to one of my recurrent coverage kings, uh, Geno Smith. Uh, Great season from him, great season from the Seahawks, uh, a year in which I thought they were going to go under their projected win total of four and a half games. So altogether a win for them. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings, another one of my big plays for the week. Turns out if you are one of the all-time worst teams in DVOA, uh, like the Vikings were, you are likely to lose in the playoffs to Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Impressive victory by Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Daniel Jones was actually, to me, one of the more impressive quarterbacks from this weekend. Not a sentence I ever anticipated saying out loud, but he really took care of business. He was uh, dominant on the ground, making all the right decisions in the passing game. Just things that I did not think Daniel Jones was capable of and readily handled this Vikings offense. Uh, The Vikings all year were sort of a give-and-take team where they would go to Justin Jefferson big time early in games and then kind of fade away from him. And that ultimately happened here. Felt like Justin Jefferson had about five receptions in that first quarter, ultimately to fade away to obscurity for the rest of the game. I didn't know where he was in the fourth quarter. Uh, And that just kind of is who this Vikings team was this year. They were a team that felt like they couldn't quite put it together on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, despite the gaudy numbers that many of their position players ended up putting up. Justin Jefferson was the number one statistical wide receiver this year in the NFL, but as someone who watched them every week, who, who was tracking a lot of their, their numbers, it felt very frequently like they were able to get him the ball, but 
teams very frequently figured out something at halftime or made some sort of adjustment that was able to take Justin Jefferson away for long stretches within games. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward with this Vikings team. Uh, we'll do a whole postseason postmortem after the season is completed. Uh, but for now, let's move on to our final big pick from the weekend. I gave you guys the Cowboys minus three. And that one was cooking. That one was cooking with gas. Cowboys absolutely dominated Tom Brady, sent him packing, sent him back to uh, wherever he goes, where the retired quarterbacks go. And now the Cowboys are all of a sudden looking like the nobody believes in us team of the year. I'll talk about this more in projecting this week's games. But as I said, every year we have that nobody believes in us team. I said it maybe the Chargers. That was wrong, obviously. Uh, I said it probably is going to be the Vikings. And that was clearly wrong. And now, finally... I'm on the Cowboys as a nobody believes in this team. We'll dig a little bit further into that uh, after all this. Uh, but for now, let's move on to our divisional round picks. I am so excited. I said before that last week is my favorite football weekend of the year. A divisional round weekend is a close second. We get the creme de la creme, all the best teams. Last year, we got one of my favorite football games of all time with the Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that insane final quarter in that game. Uh, just an altogether incredible weekend, and I'm so excited to give some picks for this week. Let's jump right into it with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs, the first game of the weekend on 4.30 p.m. Uh, this is going to be maybe not the most exciting game of the week. Patrick Mahomes obviously coming in after a one-week bye. They were the one seed here. A line in this game set at 8.5. Chiefs favored over-under set at 51.5. Jacksonville last week pulled off a stunning, incredible comeback after a 27-0 deficit in the first half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked completely lost in that first quarter, throwing interception after interception. Ultimately, he rallies this team, looks completely confident on that final drive in that final quarter where he's audibling at the line to uh, jump into the end zone, things that weren't actually called by the head coach there. Uh, just incredibly heady plays, impressive performance by Trevor Lawrence. I cannot say enough good things about him. Uh, at this point, I firmly believe that he has shown uh, the kind of promise, the kind of headiness of an NFL franchise guy uh, that the Jaguars should feel like they're in really, really good hands. And he celebrated the whole thing at, at a Waffle House afterwards. Nothing says AFC South football like Waffle House after a game. Trevor Lawrence is a true Jacksonville guy. Uh, he is a Florida boy through and through. So let's go Jaguars with that win. Now they face a tall task facing the Kansas City Chiefs team that has completely dominated the NFL for most of this year, despite not really having what we would call conventionally great pass catchers. Anyone who's been paying attention to this Chiefs team knows that for all the hype that they've gotten this year and for all the accolades they're, they're going to receive, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to win another MVP this year, uh, deservedly so. This offense has performed at an exceptionally high level despite not having those super uber-talented pass catchers that I mentioned before. Despite all of that, the Chiefs haven't really taken care of business as a big favorite. For whatever reason, they've allowed teams to stick around. And now they play a Jaguars team that is coming off uh, a tale of two halves. Uh, one half in which they looked completely inept, looked like they couldn't really do much of anything. And then a second half where they looked like world beaters. Even when the Chargers had the ball in that game, it just felt like the Jags were eager to get the ball back. It felt like the Jags were in control even before they ultimately took that lead in the final seconds. They were just rolling in a way that you could almost see the momentum on the sidelines. The way that the Chargers were responding and the way that the Jags were responding to every drive just felt completely different. And now they get to keep that momentum going. Think about this. Jaguars are coming off a major divisional victory in prime time over the Tennessee Titans two weeks ago. Then they keep that rolling into one of the all-time iconic playoff comebacks last week, 27-0 down. Now they play a Kansas City Chiefs team that's coming off a bye week. 
for all that we say about bye weeks in terms of resting your team, getting that necessary rest, especially for teams that may have injury issues, I think that there are certain circumstances, certain situations where having that time off cannot be a benefit to the team. And this feels like one of those situations. The Jaguars are rolling. I don't think the Jaguars are better than the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Kansas City Chiefs have been allowing teams to hang around with them all year. Think about this Houston Texans team that took this Chiefs team to overtime. They have not necessarily been dominating teams the way we thought they would. Obviously, they put some beatings down on teams throughout the year, but over the last month, the Kansas City Chiefs have not been the dominant force when facing inferior opponents that they have been historically. So now they're coming off a bye week, playing a lightning hot Jaguars team. Uh, They're giving up eight and a half points. Uh, You're crossing that seven, a key number here. I love the Jaguars here, plus eight and a half. My main play on this game is going to be the Jaguars plus eight and a half. One thing I think is important to recontextualize after the first weekend of betting, the first weekend of either losing or winning, depending upon how your weekend went uh, on the gambling front. For me, if you have a strong feel, a strong lean on a game, the way you can really cash in on that is by putting together correlated bets related to that result. So if you're wrong, obviously you're going to take a bath. But if you feel strongly going into a week that let's say the Jaguars are going to cover the eight and a half, you can put together a number of same game parlays with player props, anytime touchdown scorers, things that you think may be correlated to that result. So for example, while my main play this week is going to be for Jacksonville to cover the eight and a half, I have a number of prop plays in this Jaguars Chiefs game. So in thinking of these correlated plays, what I think is going to happen here is the Jaguars are going to cover that eight and a half point line. I don't think the Jaguars are going to win this game, though. Feels pretty safe to me that the Chiefs are going to win this game outright. So what I'm probably going to do here is put some combination of a number of player props uh, that have, let's say, Noah Gray on the Chiefs scoring anytime touchdown along with the Kansas City money line. If you put Noah Gray back up tight end, a guy who caught a touchdown last time these two teams played a guy who frequently uh, is the guy who in fantasy circles everyone is yelling at because he's not Travis Kelsey when he scores he looks a little bit like Travis Kelsey you can see why people get confused there but if you were to bet Noah Gray and just the Kansas City money line a seemingly pretty innocuous bet anytime touchdown scorer you'd get seven to one odds which don't sound crazy but if you're already going to bet on the Kansas City money line right you want to bet on the money line and you don't necessarily trust them to cover the eight and a half this is the way you can extract some value value from that play. You shouldn't probably put what you'd normally put. So let's say one or two units, maybe put a half unit, put $5, $10, something that's going to be a little bit fun. uh, So you're not going crazy with these long shot odds, but I love Noah Gray parlaying that with the Kansas city money line. That'll give you seven to one odds. I also like Blake Bell parlayed with the Kansas city money line at seven to one odds. Uh, I'm betting on one of those fake Travis Kelsey tight end scoring in this game, betting on people getting really excited. that It's Kelsey ultimately for them to be disappointed. I want a part of that. I want in on the tight end fun. And frankly, in the playoffs, I love betting on tight end anytime touchdown scorers parlayed with who I think will win the game. I also love Kadarius Toney parlayed with the Kansas City money line. A little bit behind the scenes action for me here. I have Noah Gray anytime touchdown scorer and Kadarius Toney and KC money line all parlay. That's like an 8,000 to one play. Uh, it's like $10 to win 800. Not going to probably cash, but I wanted you guys to know that's what I'm putting in. Long shot should be a little bit of fun here. Don't put too much money on it. Moving on, I told you guys I like the Jags here to cover the 8.5. So in terms of not only playing that on the actual line, it's not going to be probably one of my bigger plays this week. I have a number of prop plays for this game. First of all, I love Christian Kirk with the Jaguars to cover the 8.5 point line. For that, you're going to get plus 356 on the line, over 3.5 to 1 odds. 
you don't have to go too crazy with that one, but probably wouldn't be a $10 play for me. Uh, it wouldn't be worth it at that number. But if I think the Jaguars are going to cover, I think it probably is, has something to do with Christian Kirk scoring. And Christian Kirk has been a true ex, true established wide receiver for this Jags team. Exactly what this team needed, despite what everyone made fun of them for in the offseason or completely took great joy in shitting on this team, essentially. Now Christian Kirk does everything in his power to score for this team. He's been incredibly impressive for them. Last time these two teams played, Christian Kirk scored twice. He has just been a specimen for them, an incredible performer. And if you think the Jaguars are going to cover that that eight and a half point line, feels like a world in which Christian Kirk is going to score a touchdown. I also love Zay Jones, anytime touchdown scorer. Evan Ingram, anytime touchdown scorer. Evan Ingram, anytime. You'll get almost four to one odds if you parlay that with the Jags covering the eight and a half. You can mix and match this. My big play from this game, though, outside of all these prop plays, is going to be the Jaguars plus five and a half. I mentioned all the circumstances in which the Kansas City Chiefs have not ultimately handled their business against inferior opponents this year. But on top of that, the Chiefs have laid eggs in the first half at various times throughout the the playoffs over the past several years. Think back to that Cleveland Browns game from a number of years ago where the Browns kind of hopped right on top of the Chiefs early, uh, only for the Chiefs to come back in the second half and win that game. Think also back to the Texans game from a few years ago. Looked like a blowout, only to have the Chiefs come back. I could see that situation playing out here again, where the the Jaguars kind of jump out to a big lead or jump out to an early quick lead because they're rolling and the Chiefs are coming off a bye. They may have a little bit of bye malaise early in this game. So my big play from this game over everything else, over all my props, over my straight up eight and a half play is going to be Jaguars plus five and a half. Love this pick. My favorite pick of the weekend, maybe. Let's move on now to the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Six seed Giants, one seed Eagles, divisional rivals. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites over under in this game set at 48. Eagles obviously sealed their number one overall seed just a couple weeks ago against a frisky Giants team that was playing basically all their backups. 22 to 16 victory over the Giants to win the NFC East, and that game's kind of fresh in a lot of people's minds because I think everyone was very impressed by what the Giants did, what Brian Dable did with all his backups, how they kind of kept that game very competitive to the end. In looking at what the Giants did last weekend, it's hard not to be incredibly impressed with Daniel Jones as a passer. He balled out, he threw for 301 passing yards, uh, two touchdowns, 78 rushing yards, was running all over the Vikings, especially in the first half, really set the tone there. It was an astoundingly impressive performance for a guy I've never really had a lot of time for. Just didn't really respect Daniel Jones's game, and that's something that I have to face now. I, I overlooked him as a player. The line at 7.5 in a divisional matchup doesn't feel super great to me. I never like crossing one of those key numbers. As anyone knows here, I hate the half point on the 3 and on the 7. I hate the hook. I'll always buy it here. My lean in this game is going to be on the Eagles minus 7, and I will tell you why. My reasoning in this is that everyone every year buys into some wildcard team, some team that comes out of that first round, hot as a pistol, looking super great, and and everyone's very impressed with them, only to have that team get smoked in the second round. And maybe that is the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe that's them. Maybe that's what's going to happen in that 49ers game. But I don't think so. It feels like this New York Giants team, a team that has played over their heads basically every week of the entire season. Now they won a playoff game on the road. They've continued that hot streak of overperforming. This is the, the most expensive wide receiver room in the NFL. And nonetheless, they're throwing touchdowns to guys like Isaiah Hodgins in the playoffs. Kenny Galladay is not playing. It's just incredibly impressive what Dable has done with this Giants team. But I think that Cinderella story ends this week with the Eagles covering the seven and a half point line. 
As I said before, in actually betting this game, I'm going to take the Eagles minus seven. I'm going to buy that hook, lay away from the seven and a half, but it could be an Eagles blowout. So keep that in mind. I mentioned before that if you think we're going to see a certain result in one of these games, it makes sense for you to do some correlated props. So here I love Devonta Smith plus the Eagles money line. That'll get you plus 172. Uh, that'll probably be a, a one or, or two unit play for me. Devonta Smith had seven receptions last time these two teams played in week 18. Uh, and then Devonta Smith scored a touchdown in the earlier matchup. This guy just feels like someone who's due to get in the end zone. If the Giants sell out to stop A.J. Brown from getting in there, I could see Devonta Smith getting past that secondary, just getting in at some point or another. Uh, remember last week, K.J. Osborne scored for Dallas. These guys are kind of similar players, kind of shifty in the middle of the field. Devonta Smith could be that guy this week. I also love first half touchdown score Jalen Hurts uh, you can get plus 210 on Jalen Hurts score in the first half and Devontae Smith at plus 320 to score in the first half I know you need that score early but feels like a game where the Eagles are going to jump out on top of the Giants team of their divisional rivals they are eager to put a hurting on this team I think and feels like something's going to happen here so if you can parlay Devontae Smith with the Eagles money line you'll get even better odds or Jalen Hurts first half score with the money line you'll get even better odds but Obviously, if they don't score in the first half, then that's a loss. I also like Richie James, anytime touchdown score, and Daniel Bellinger, anytime touchdown score for the Giants. Uh, I would parlay both of those with the Eagles' money line. Uh, something to keep in mind. The payout on Richie James, anytime touchdown score, and the Eagles' money line is 8-1 to one and 15-1 to one on Bellinger. So something to keep in mind. Also, maybe just do a half, one of those half plays I mentioned before. First half score, Richie James, or second half score, Richie James. He scored a touchdown against this team when they played earlier in the year and really was kind of showing out in that earlier game they played. Before moving on from this game, I just want to mention I'm going to give you guys a big Saturday teaser. I love, love, love the Eagles tease down to minus one and a half and the Chiefs tease down to minus two and a half. That's going to be my biggest play of the entire week, a four-unit max play feels like there's not a world in which that doesn't cover, but I'm a little bit afraid about it. Uh, just because these two teams are the one seeds, obviously I could see the Chiefs maybe not covering that eight and a half point line, but as I said before, I don't see a world in which they are not winning that game, at least. And the Eagles feel the same way. They're going to take care of their divisional rival and win that game outright. So give me the T's, uh, six point T's, Chiefs down to two and a half and Eagles down to one and a half. This brings us to NFL Divisional Sunday, the first of our two games, the matchup we did not get to see a couple weeks ago due to the tragic DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Not exactly sure why this game is not at a neutral site. The NFL just hates the Cincinnati Bengals, and who can blame them? Joke of a franchise, I hate them too. Uh, the line in this game is Bills minus five. I've seen it drop to minus four in the Bills' favor. Over-under in this game set at 50 and a half. Cincinnati eked by the Baltimore Ravens this past week, 24-17, on a game where they needed a 99-100 to yard fumble return for a touchdown to beat the electric Tyler Hunley offense and to take care of their divisional rival, a team that typically was scoring 10 points a game. So incredibly impressive victory from the Cincinnati Bengals, as always. Now they get to go play the Buffalo Bills, a team that struggled against Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins. Very strange game for the Bills. Turnovers from Josh Allen, interceptions, Fumbles, very bizarre game from him. Line here is at four. My lean in this game is to stay away. Because a couple weeks ago, as you may remember, when the Bengals were going to play Buffalo, hosting them at home, I loved the Bengals. I was so keen on betting them in that spot. Felt like a spot where the Bengals were kind of redefining where they were going to fall within this AFC hierarchy. The seeding of the playoffs would have swapped, essentially, with that game. Now, because of how things shook out, ultimately that game does not get played, the Bills are hosting this game. There's no neutral side. 
in projecting this game, it's hard for me to not feel like Cincinnati missed the boat there. Because obviously these two teams have dealt with a lot in the, the weeks that have passed since that DeMar Hamlin situation, both in terms of not knowing how the seating was going to shake out, how things played. Bengals ultimately get screwed on essentially every front. It obviously was not fair how things shook out for the Bengals, but they fall into that three seed, and now they have to go to Buffalo for this second round game. For all the love I gave the Bengals a couple weeks ago, they have quietly been struggling the past couple weeks. I know they played a close divisional rival, um, but they had to rely on a clutch defensive touchdown, a clutch turnover once again to win that game. And if you look back on the story of who this Bengals team has been the past two years, on the story of that incredible Super Bowl run they had last year, a lot of it was premised on turnovers, timely turnovers, big turnovers. That seems obvious, right? If a team forces turnovers in the playoffs, they're probably going to win. And the Bills have done nothing but turn the ball over. Josh Allen has more turnovers than any other quarterback in the NFL. So why am I telling you to kind of stay away from this line? The reason is pretty simple. I don't love the Bills here. It doesn't feel like a game that the Bills necessarily win handily. Because of all the other weirdness going on with this game, uh, because of all the weirdness with the seeding, doesn't feel like a game where you can really feel confident the Bills are absolutely going to cover the four points. But by the same token, I don't love the Bengals here. I don't see a world in which they're able to rebound from some pretty bad or middling offensive performances, performances as a team overall, where they were completely reliant on their defense to win them the game. And now they have to play even this Bills team at, at whatever it is in its diminished state that we've seen it over the past couple months. That's pretty electric, has a lot of firepower overall. The Bills have the benefit of having an absolute freak show at quarterback. Obviously, I am a Joe Burrow guy myself. I appreciate his game for sure. But the thing about Josh Allen is even when he's doing this stuff where he's turning the ball over in the red zone and making weird, bizarre plays, he can just launch a 70-yard nuke that completely changes the shape of the game. It's, it's incredible. The throw he made uh, on that third or fourth down conversion uh, that ultimately went for a touchdown this past week in the face of multiple defenders blitzing him, uh, and he just extended the play and launches one in the back of the end zone. Incredible, incredible. The kind of stuff that nobody should be able to do. Uh, all the defensive backs on Twitter uh, were essentially saying this is an impossibility if you're in the defensive backfield uh, for the Dolphins. You're just not designed to cover guys uh, for that amount of time or that far away from, from the line of scrimmage when you send all that pressure. And Josh Allen's resetting the paradigm. And he continues that now at home for me against this Bengals team. If I had a lean, it would be for the Bengals to cover plus four. But what I really like here, my, my main play, the play that I'm probably going to have, is going to be the Bengals' money line to win this game. Because the Bengals feel like that team that is just kind of on one of those miracle runs here. I don't know if that ultimately extends to the Super Bowl. Feels like a game where that run continues. Bengals missed the vote on whatever chance they had on making that run. Probably could have benefited from home field here. But... At home, Buffalo takes care of business. Give me the Bills money line. Uh, the lean on the actual ATS pick would be the Bengals plus four, but I'd stay away there. So give me the Bills money line. In terms of prop picks for this game, I have a couple for you. First off, as I said, I feel like the Bills win this game outright. So I wanted to put together a couple of picks uh, in terms of correlated plays. Number one would be John Brown, anytime touchdown scorer. The odds... If you parlay John Brown anytime touchdown scorer, he's at plus 1,000, so 10 to 1 uh, with the Bills' money line are going to be outrageous. Uh, they're going to be incredible. 
I don't know if he's actually going to get in the end zone, but he's been on the field of late in some big-time situations. And in these late-season playoff games, we see some guys who maybe weren't getting a ton of playing time find themselves in the game and get into the end zone. I like a long shot. Give me John Brown, anytime touchdown score, a parlayed with the Bills win. I'm also going to take Dawson Knox, anytime touchdown score with the Bills win. I am also going to take Gabriel Davis, second half touchdown score with the Bills money line. Just a couple of fun plays in this Bills game. Keep things interesting. I know that the Bengals are going to score here. I may take Joe Mixon parlayed with the Bills money line, uh, but I don't really have a great feel for a lot of these Bengals prop scores. In addition to Joe Mixon, give me Hayden Hurst, anytime touchdown scorer parlayed with the Bills money line. You'll get pretty good odds on that one, but just a couple more fun plays here to, to enjoy this, this game. I love the anytime touchdown score props. You don't put a lot of money on them, but uh, the payouts are pretty huge when you hit them, and they're a lot of fun to watch throughout the day. This brings us to our coverage king of the week. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. Our coverage king of the week is Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. An incredible performance by Dak taking care of business against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was more than that, though. It really was more than that for the Dallas Cowboys here. The Cowboys have maybe more pressure than any other team in the NFL when it comes to the playoffs. The Cowboys had only won one other playoff game with Dak Prescott. So now they've sort of vanquished that demon to me. I look at what they did handling, completely handling that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Fresh off one week ago where Dak Prescott looked like he didn't know which way was up. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback a week ago. He threw like 15 interceptions on the year despite playing 11 games or something. Dak Prescott was not the guy this week who he had been over the past couple months. Uh, Dak Prescott was kind of working himself into some sort of form lately, and it feels like he's gotten there. He's reached his final form. Sometimes we see this with quarterbacks who we think we know, think we, we have a handle on, teams that we think we know. We thought this Cowboys team was no good, and now they show out and absolutely put a beating on Hall of Famer, GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers. And frankly, that Buccaneers team was no good. I told you all year I was excited to bet against them when the playoffs started, uh, but the Cowboys could have kept that game tight. Uh, the, the Buccaneers handled the Cowboys week one, and that just shows you how far this Cowboys team has come throughout the season. Now the Cowboys go on the road to San Francisco. Line in this game is Niners minus three and a half. Over under in this game set at 46 and a half. I love the Cowboys here. Cowboys plus three and a half is going to be my biggest play of the week. The Cowboys have all the makings to me of a nobody believes in us team. Every year we have one. Last year, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they went on quite the run, essentially premised on this notion that nobody really believed in them. I didn't believe in them. I was fading them every single week, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Everyone is in love with the Niners. They're in love with Brock Purdy, and they're kind of keen on fading Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. But Dak Prescott vanquished some demons for the Cowboys, as I just mentioned before. Last week, they alleviated some of that pressure, some of that McCarthy-era pressure, and took this team to a place where they can play a little more loosely. They can play a little more free this week. Uh, now they're going to need to because they're playing a team that is hot as they come. 11 wins in a row for the Niners. Brock Purdy continues to impress. More importantly, this running offense for the Niners is just completely dominant. I love them. I love the Cowboys at three and a half. They feel like the team that's going to shock everyone and get to the Super Bowl. I'm not a Cowboys guy. I don't root for the Cowboys, but they have that sort of smell to them. The, the smell we get every year of a team who we just didn't know, that we didn't respect them at this level. And this Cowboys defense, with all their guys healthy, 
something that hasn't been the case over the second half of this year. They're that kind of team that can go on those runs. They have the defensive talent. They have the offensive weapons to make that Super Bowl run, and this is how it begins. They need to go into San Francisco and not only cover the three and a half, but win this game outright. I'm going to put three units on the Cowboys plus three and a half and sprinkle a unit on them to win on the money line. Next up, a couple props for this game. I love Dalton Schultz, 40 yards or more, uh, and the Cowboys parlayed at plus three and a half. I'm going to dabble some scoring uh, parlays on Noah Brown, anytime touchdown scorer, and the Cowboys plus three and a half. I'm also going to dabble a little bit on Brock Purdy, anytime touchdown scorer, and Cowboys plus three and a half. Fun story, last week I hit on Brock Purdy, anytime touchdown scorer, and the Niners money line. That paid out at a ridiculous rate because Brock Purdy doesn't really score rushing touchdowns like that. The odds weren't really crazy. Uh, So something to keep in mind, a really fun play there. My final prop play in this Cowboys-Niners game is going to be uh, the Cowboys alternate spread of minus nine and a half. Maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe I'm just huffing whatever the the Cowboys are, are putting out there now. But if the Cowboys win, I see a world in which they actually smack this Niners team around. I know I said I was going to stop disrespecting Brock Purdy, but I can't help it. The guy's a third-string quarterback. I know he's playing incredible. He's playing like a Hall of Famer now. He has more touchdowns in his first couple starts than any quarterback like ever. But the Cowboys defense is very good, and maybe they make him pay this game. Maybe this is the game where the Cowboys defense keeps up this hot streak, Cowboys offense continues to roll, and the Cowboys win the game by 10. You can get that at plus 570. Five to one. Give me the Cowboys. Alternate spread, minus nine and a half. Uh, I know it's crossing zero, but sprinkle a little on it. Could be a little bit of fun there. Let's close by just talking about some of my big picks for this week. Just in terms of straight up plays, my biggest play of the week is the Jaguars plus five and a half. Then I'm also going to have a major max play, a teaser Saturday with the Kansas City Chiefs minus two and a half and the Philadelphia Eagles minus one and a half. In terms of Sunday's games, I gave you guys the Bills money line. I'm staying away from that spread. I don't love it either way. I give you a bunch of parlay picks, a bunch of uh, same game prop parlays for those games and every game. The Cowboys game is going to be my other major play this week. Cowboys three-unit play on the Cowboys plus three and a half and one unit on the Cowboys money line. Thanks, as always, for listening. I will be back next week. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. 